hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Mind. So today we have here with us Curtis Pipe. So would you want to start off by introducing yourself to us, have a brief summary? Yeah, what's up beautiful people? As I just said, my name is Curtis Pipe. So I'm from the States originally, now living here in Australia. I've been out of the States since 2010. And I've uh, been able to live in different countries, such as Bangkok and China and New Zealand. Um, it's been a great experience living outside of the United States. Definitely being away from home helped me find out ultimately what I wanted to do in my life, what my purpose was, and just going through different situations that probably would never have occurred if I was at home. So I'm grateful for all those experiences. I'm a personal development coach. I'm all about, oh, I'm all about self-love. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, now I can see. All, Perfect. It's uh, all about self-love and purpose and, and really making sure that people understand how great they actually are. That's amazing. So I'm looking forward for this call. But before we start anything, I just want to ask you, like, how are you doing today? Like, how are you? Like, I'm, really? Like, not just well or okay. Like, really, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing amazing. Like, I've had, I got up this morning and I worked out. Um, I get up at 3.30. As we, t- as we discussed one as the other day, yeah, I was at the gym before, had yeah. coaching clients this morning, and every single one of them made a shift yeah. and was part, of, was part of a web class this morning. Um, and now I'm here with you on your podcast. It's been a yeah. great day of just really being able to communicate with people and seeing the impact that it's, it's given them. So a blessed day. That's amazing. So you talked a lot about finding purpose and helping people kind find self-love. So how would you say, uh, to, how would you say people should find purpose or is there purpose in life? Because there's so many people who are like, okay, what if life has no purpose and we're just living? So what, it, what do you think is, how do you think you would say if you want people to find purpose? I think people find purpose in trusting their intuition, listening to that little voice. Um, for example, uh, when I was in New Zealand, I was homeless and I went to New Zealand for a simple reason to fulfill a dream. Mm-hmm. And so when I was homeless and thinking about, do I call home to go home? Yeah. A little voice was telling me, no, like you're here for a reason. Yeah. These are the challenges that you have to go through. Yeah. And so that's why I think that's where I think purpose comes into play when you are confronted with a challenging experience, a challenging decision, and you have to lean into that. I mean, I think it's especially when you feel that there's something that you need to do with that decision or that challenge. Like there's something for you to learn. Um, I've heard before people say, you know, we're here just living. Yeah. And I can understand that. I understand the whole philosophy, but I disagree with it just because yeah. my whole my whole thing is if we're here just living, yeah. then what's the purpose of someone having a passion in art and fulfilling it? What is the pa- what is the purpose of someone who feels that feels so passionate about something and they love doing it if we're just here living? But yeah. you love fulfilling what burned like burns your DNA in a good way. So you're not just your living, you're here fulfilling something that, that excites you, that fulfills you. Yes. And one thing as well that I, I would wanted to ask you, so what do you mean hear this little voice? Because people, like you tell them, like something within you is guides yeah. you. And people are like, okay, what do you mean by this voice? Like, how do I hear it? I want this guidance. 
What is this little voice? Yeah. I think we, I honestly think we all have it. It's just through conditioning, through challenges, through whatever upbringing, society, environments, or whatever it may be, it can, it can be blanketed. So what I mean by a little voice, I just think it's that little into like that little intuitive nudge that you get, like perfect example of that would be you lost your car keys or you, you can't, you misplaced your car keys, but then something tells you to look in a certain place and they're there. Yeah. That's that little voice. I mean, so we all have it. It's just a matter of actually being in tune and listening to it, giving it, giving it a, giving it space to, be heard. Yes. And so what made you first of all like decide to live a life where you had basically everything to a place where you're going to Thailand, you're homeless, you just want to <laughs> like what would why would one do that? <laughs> I did it. I left home because there was nothing there for me. Um in the in the in the realm of uh, moving up in the gym that I was in. I was a personal trainer. I was a group fitness instructor, but I wanted to be more. I wanted to earn more money. And the only thing that was available was lateral promotion. Now, don't do lateral. Only go yeah. that way. Yeah. And so I was like, well, screw this. I'm out. So one of the companies that I worked for originated in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I loved the company. Like, I love the company. I still do to this day. And so it was in group fitness. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to New Zealand. And I am going to become the greatest instructor that I possibly be to impact more lives on this planet. And so I told people that, and being from a small town, there's like that quote unquote small mindset of, oh, you don't leave home. What are you going to do? What if you don't know people? And I'm like, you know, not knowing people actually excites me. Um, And so I just put feelers out. I put three feelers out in New Zealand. And my first choice was the last choice. It was the last to communicate with me. Uh-huh. And but something kept telling that little voice, like we were just talking about, something told me to to hold back, be patient, be patient, because my last choice was the first to communicate with me uh-huh. and say that they would bring me over. I'm just like, no, I want this last choice to come through. So yeah. something kept telling me, be patient, yeah. be patient, and it paid off. And on a Wednesday in December, uh, December 18th to be exact, um, I got an email, and they said they were happy to have me over, and so. Two months from that day, I sold all my stuff and I was on a plane to New Zealand. So, I mean, this for me to, for me, if I would have chose to give in to what people were telling me, you know, the fear of not knowing people, the fear of being so far away from my family, because family is a high value for me. Like my family, I love them to death. I love my mother to death. She's my superhero. People like, you will be so far away from your mother and your sister. And, you know, what about everything else? I'm like, I thought I'd give it into that. There's no way I would have the life that I have now. There's yeah. no way I experienced the growth yeah. that I have in my life being within my, st- my state lines, my city yeah. lines. It's just, it was one of those things that, and it all goes back to that voice. It's just like, you got to go. And there was no fear of leaving. There was only excitement. When I got the email, it was all excitement. It's like, I couldn't wait to sell my stuff. I couldn't wait to get out. I didn't even want to wait two months, but I did. And yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I miss my family on that day. Yeah, I miss my family yeah. on that day. But it was like, I'm going to New Zealand. I'm about yeah. to start a whole new chapter in my life and fulfill a dream that I had. Okay, awesome. And what was, what was like 
the one of the challenges that you had leaving like because i know sometimes family is like there to protect you and keep you supported and telling you yeah. just to think logically did you have any challenges with your parents like being kind of like a rebel and choosing to like tell them like you know what now i'm following my own path because that's what i noticed with so many people who were just, who were just like more on the creative aspect they're like you know what my family was against me i had people who were supporting me and i just was to like, you know, say no for and choose me over that? Did yeah. you have that? I really didn't. My mom, okay. uh, she, she, she supported me and she told me after I told her that I was leaving, yeah. she's like, I was secretly wishing that you would stay home. No, yeah. But I knew how much you wanted to go and I support you 110%. Yeah. I think the amazing. only pullback that I had was from people, like friends and peers that I told. But it was their fear. It was their fears not telling me not to go. Is they're projecting their fears onto me, and I knew that. That's why it didn't bother me. I was like, okay, that's your belief. You know, that's something that you would have to deal with if you left home. And to tell you the truth, none of them have left home. They're still in the same town. Yeah, 100%. So you said that you were a personal trainer, right? Mm -hmm. So you still went there and did personal training as well? Yeah, I just I did some personal training, but I was mainly there for group fitness. Yeah, for group fitness, awesome. And then you you talked a lot about you being a coach and as well as having some this eat uh, uh, eating disorders, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. So how how were you able to balance that while still like how were you able to coach other people while you personally having this eating disorder or challenge? It was there? easy because yeah, it was simple. They they didn't know. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> that, yeah. that's the simple answer. That's the simple. They didn't know. Um, yeah. I really, it was, but internally it was hard because I felt mm. like a hypocrite. Yeah. But at the same time, on top of feeling like a hypocrite, I also, at that point when the eating disorder started, I was mainly doing group fitness. But I was, I went from basically nobody this american coming over here who talks too much when he teaches <laughs> to being on dvds and really being at the forefront of some of the programs and really building up a brand and uh sort of a quote-unquote celebrity status like nearly all of the all the followers of friends i have on facebook are because of the company that i used to work for okay i'll just say that so they started to follow me so but i fell into the pressure of being this person that they saw me as and i felt compelled to continue to be pulled in that direction besides going my own direction so they thought that i was this freakishly fit person which i was who could do whatever could jump so high could eat whatever he wanted well freakishly fit was correct i could jump out of this world but I had in my mind, I couldn't eat whatever I wanted, but I did want to eat whatever I wanted. So I wanted to have all the chocolate in the world. I wanted to have all the Doritos and all these fatty foods. So what I did was, in my head, what I thought the perfect thing was to do was, you know what? I'm going to eat these foods. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to eat them, but I'm going to chew them up and spit it out. Wow. Okay. So I, so I chewed up my food and I would spit it out. So that way, in my head, I was thinking I wasn't taking on all the calories, so I wasn't going to get any weight, so I could still have whatever I want and still be lean. So it's like that whole cliche of having your cake and eat it too. Yeah. So that's how I got away with it. I mean, no one knew until I actually started to 
So actually after I healed from it and I started talking about it, then the first time I ever, you know, said something in public about it on social media, like I got all these messages from people that used to come to my class. Like I had no idea. I was like, well, no one had any idea. Yeah. It's like that was it. That was in the security of my own home, the privacy of my own home. And yeah. so how would you ever have known in the first place? So it was, it was easy to hide it yeah. from, from my peers, but obviously I couldn't hide it from myself. And I mean, even while I was doing it, I felt disgusted. I was angry, but in saying that, I felt disgusted and angry, but that, that's just, that was just the cause. There's, more, there's, there's things that underneath that that I didn't know for years that were the cause of it all. And but, would you, would you yeah. say, how, first of all, how long do you think, or how long do you know that you had this binge eating disorder, or like the eating disorder that you had? Um, I, I, went, I did it for a good couple of years. Easy. Oh, good wow. couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you would not consider yeah. yourself as a binge eater because you didn't actually consume the food, did you? No. No, no. I just ate. Like, I would go, perfect example. Yeah. So, on third, so I would go to the store on Thursdays after all my classes. I would teach four classes a day. And so I had in my head, you know, an immense, a mammoth size window of calories that I could fill up with. Yeah. So I would just go to the store and buy chocolate and Doritos and have a, like a liter bottle of Coke. I pour the liter, I pour the Coke out and I would just eat the chocolate and eat the Doritos and spit all that in the bag or in the bottle. Yeah. And discard the bottle in, in the rubbish bin. So oh. it wasn't like I was eating a whole bunch and then vomiting, vomiting it out. I would just, I it never went down my throat. I would just spit it out. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. Okay. And, and then how, how did, when did you actually, when did you first realize that this, was a problem like when did when did because it, it always starts with this one thing right and then you do it yeah. over and over again and then it becomes a habit but what do you think really made you start in that path was it your desire to be this perfect ideal person for someone else or did it have some other root causes from your past from your childhood from previous experiences that you held on to well when i first thought about it i realized it was a problem when I was sneaking out of my apartment to go to the store and go get groceries. <laughs> and I would come home with the groceries, but I would have my chocolate like stuffed in my pockets and stuff like that. Like I took that out of the bag because that would be the extra stuff that I would get. So that's when I realized it was a problem. Um, but I did think that at first was birthed because of the pressure that I put on myself mm -hmm. when I lived in New Zealand. But when I started to really learn more of where it came from it came from childhood and it came from you know not feeling like i was good enough um not feeling like i was worthy enough and a lack of love for myself perfect and what made you choose to be to allow yourself to be vulnerable and just touch on that and be public about that despite the fact that you are this image of perfect ideal fit healthy guy because i was i healed from it and I felt that other people could relate. And I'm always about anything that I've gone through in my life that I have learned from that has been traumatizing to me in one way, shape, or form. I don't have a problem talking about it because I feel that there's others out there who don't have the confidence to speak up for themselves. And 
So being able to give them some kind of voice or let someone know that, you know what, I've gone through the same thing. Like some of the messages that I got when I first mentioned it on social media were for people who went to my classes and they were going through, they did the same thing. Yeah. They're like, I was like, I was doing the same thing. I was like, you were coming to my class and you would go home and spit and chew or chew and spit. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. I was like, oh. So they, I let them know that they weren't alone. I just think that with the whole stigma of eating disorders and, and other things, mental illness, that people would be labeled or something like that. I mean, that, that could be a reason why I didn't say something for so long, but I just know when I was ready to tell my story in regards to the eating disorder, I was all in because I have a story to tell that's going to help someone. And that's part of my purpose is here on this planet yeah. is to help people. And do you, because you said that one, what's really, really aggravated this was trauma, childhood, and lack of love. So I'm really yep. interested in your definition of what does it mean to, to self-love? What does love mean to you? Accepting all your imperfections and perfections. Mm-hmm. Um, treating yourself with compassion, with empathy, but just accepting all parts of yourself. And that's it. I mean, it, it's on your own terms. Like it's not, it comes from inside. It's not based on an external stimulus. It's not based on your parents. It's not based on your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or your wife. Not based on your kids. It's based on you and who you are as a person and understanding and accepting all that you are. And how did you get to reach to that? Like, I feel it's, it's challenging. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's taking years. It's taking years. I got to that point when, gosh, I just got to that point through healing. It's, it's, there was like no defining moment. It's just, I had to heal from being sexually molested when I was little. That was a journey. I had to heal from attempted suicide, another journey. I had to heal from, uh, another bout of sexual molestation that I just remembered a year ago. So, and then eating disorder and being homeless. So it's a journey. It's not so one of those things that comes about in a quick way. It's like, it's very confronting and it takes a lot. You have to be able to really look at yourself in the mirror and accept that things happen to you, mm-hmm. but that doesn't define you. And then realize what the learning is in that find the silver lining in it like for me when i remembered being sexual molested and then going through that whole emotional roller coaster of you know how can i let that happen you know i know it was wrong and you know being mad at myself and being vengeful and everything of that nature i ultimately came to peace with it realizing that i am not a victim she made me her victim but I don't have to live as a victim. I could be a victor instead. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I put that hat on and then realizing that, you know what, just because this happened, you doesn't mean you're any less of a human being. You're not any less as a, of a man. Mm-hmm. It happened. And it doesn't have to completely control the rest of your life. Yes. But yes. that's easy to say now. At <laughs> that point, I wanted to hurt her. Like, I, I, yeah. just, I would tell the truth. I just wanted to hurt her because I was very angry. This is the person that I put my trust in, mm-hmm. that my mother put her trust in. Yeah. So, but it's a journey. It just it takes a while to get there. But when you're on that path, when you're on, when you make the 
declaration to be on that path of mm-hmm. like unapologetically loving yourself, then you really, really start to peel away the traumas and the challenges and, you know, the boundaries and the values that don't suit you and realize that, you know, that doesn't fit me. This is what fits me. So I'm going to put more of that in my life. So it's, it's a really amazing journey to be on. And yeah. I'm still on it. I mean, I, I, like I grow every single day. I realize something every single day. It's just one of those things that when you're on that journey, you're never going to reach it's a destination. Never yeah. 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 Like, never- cause you're, you, you change all the time. So yeah. The self-love yeah. I have for myself is pretty cool, but I look forward to it even five to 10 years down the line. Yeah, that's amazing. And what I really love is something that you talked about as well, like not labeling, because I've noticed that sometimes what happens, like you say something that you believe in now that might shift like in the next couple of days or next months or next year. And people hold on to the thing that you said, I don't know how many years ago and believe something about you based on the thing that you believed a few years ago and you yeah. kind of get labeled and you get stuck into this as this is you and that is something that mm-hmm. i really want to i wanted to know more about your opinion about what idea of labeling and how to overcome this because sometimes it's like you know you're advancing and you're changing but the people around you do not understand where you're coming from and you're always in this conflict yeah. so what yeah. do you have to say on yeah I don't think we'll ever get over labeling. That's just, that's just as, as a planet, as a world, that's how we categorize and box things in. Mm-hmm. We'll, never get, we'll never get rid of labels. We think labels, label, new labels come up all the time. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. But what we can overcome individually is accepting those or rejecting those labels. That's the thing. Because whoever it is, is la- whoever it is that is labeling us, labeling you, labeling me, whatever, that's because they are still the same person. That's because they're in the same place. This mm-hmm. is what I feel anyway. And so they are putting you in that box to, for some odd unconscious reason, to just stay in the same place. Like, I mean, there's like, just, I'm not the same person that I was. When, even the year after I left, I went back home, I was not the same person. Yeah. But people like to, it's sort of a way to comfort themselves, I feel. But we'll never get over the labels. There's always going to be there. But just because someone tries to label you doesn't mean you have to take it on. You can easily reject it. Yeah. You just have to say, I reject it. Yeah. It's not like a 10-step process to reject something. You just reject it. Yeah. Like I rejected the fact that, I was a, that people wanted to label me as a victim or I'm a survivor of yeah. sexual molestation. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like I was always breathing. I just wasn't yeah. living. That's true. Like That's true. people, like people who are, who are survive. I have survived. I am survived. I've survived alcoholism. I'm like, I'm an alcohol survivor. Um, or I will always be an alcoholic. You know, they don't drink. Like, I hate that. Like, like I can go on forever about this one, but I hate it because you're not giving that person the due diligence and the acknowledgement that they, that they should have for overcoming drinking. But again, it's yeah. a label that we can reject or we can accept. That's the one way that anyone can get over being labeled. It's just like, you know, I don't accept that because they know it's not them. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And you talked uh, about he- uh, healing from sexual molestation and you had other different challenges. What would you say, what would you say you've learned so much? Like, what is one thing that you've learned over and over again from the different challenges that you had? Um, 
this is like a lesson that you keep learning. Like I, I sometimes notice that some, there's a lesson that you keep learning over and over again until oh, like you get it. it. <laughs> so like the, the common thread, the common thread for me, not the events itself, okay. but the common learn, the common learning, the common thread through all of them is self love. Period. Like yes. sexual molestation. That, that was not my fault, but I damaged myself for years. Mm-hmm. I punished myself for years after I remembered. Like for 15 years, I didn't remember. Yeah. But then for eight, for eight more years after I remembered, I like negative self-talk and abusive relation, not well, dysfunctional relationships, um, was angry. Like that's how I abused myself in that situation. When it came to attempting suicide, it was realizing that, you know what, you are enough just because you feel at that point in time, I like I couldn't do anything right by anybody, not my family, not my friends, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? You are enough. Love yourself. You know, I was 18, 19 years old, so that didn't actually take place. I still yeah. had my issues. Being homeless. Love yourself, yeah. man. It's like, yeah, you're in this place, but you know what? You're not going to be here forever. And the way that you're going to get through it is remember why you're in New Zealand. Yeah. And for someone who loves themselves, will figure out how to get it done. Yes. Eating disorder. And you and, are enough. <laughs> love yes. yourself. If you love, if you truly love yourself, and you know you're not happy when you do this, would you keep doing it if you loved yourself? No. So then, exactly. that's when I had to start learning from that. So it's 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 just so much about self love and ultimately who I wanted to be to reveal who I actually am. Yeah. And and the thing is, sometimes when you're in such this, when everything around you is just so negative, and you're just consumed by the negative belief systems that you have about you um it becomes very hard to self-motivate you or to remind me of to remind you of how great you are how were you able to kind of um empower yourself in moments where you didn't really have people around you empowering you but you were the only source of empowerment to push through how how were you able Our, to do that well firstly um yeah. I, I, like you mentioned that everything around you is negative. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> mm, very well said. Um, yeah. Um, it doesn't, it just depends on what you allow to, to, your focus to be on. That comes from a coaching background. That's what I had to learn. I and mean, that's what I teach now as a coach. So okay. what, what makes you feel inspired? What makes you, cause you talked a lot about um, living, like you want yeah. to live, not just to exist, but to live. So what makes you feel like inspired? Like, being your best version of you. Because I don't have to be here. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? Because um, um, I didn't have to wake up this morning. Okay. Like, what inspires me to be greater than I already am is because I didn't have to wake up this morning. Like, there's thousands of people who don't wake up in the morning. That's the most simple answer. And there's more for me to do. Like, my mom hates me saying this. That's one reason why I say it. But <laughs> I always say that God's not done with me yet. I was like, I'm supposed to be here because God ain't done with me yet. And she's like, she hates it. But that's just my faith. That's what I believe. Yeah. Like, I, there's a reason why I didn't go, there's a reason why I didn't go through with suicide. Yeah. But there's reason for, there's reason why I'm here. Yeah. And I'm now. I just, I've started. I just really, really started to put it in my DNA, like the last few years. Yeah. But I've always felt like God ain't done with me yet. 
That's so, so the there's idea, still the stuff idea, for me to do. It's the idea of gratitude and knowing that you're worth more than what, yeah. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Gratitude is all is all about it. Like it's the small things. I mean, like that's, that's the most simple answer I can give. It's like yeah. I'm still here. I was grateful enough, blessed enough yeah. to open my eyelids. Yes. Because tomorrow's not guaranteed. I 100%. mean, things that go around in the world that are going on right now is a perfect example of that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like and you, you don't have you don't have to wake up. Exactly, and and you know what, like. If let's say you've injured, like let's say your foot or your back or your finger or something, that's when you start to realize, oh my God, like I'm really blessed with, like I dislocated my shoulder and I like you always take things for granted. But when you start to notice that, oh my God, there's so much, I'm, I'm so grateful for actually having a shoulder that functions when once you lose it, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my God, you know what I mean? It's like the small things that you yeah, just it's forget. Funny in my head because I have an injured knee. Oh, yeah. Right now, I have an injured knee, so yeah. I'm speaking my language. <laughs> like me being slowed down because yeah. of the injured knee has been yeah. very interesting the last couple of weeks because I can't work out the way that I work out. I normally yeah. work out, yeah. and it frustrates me. Like I, I went on a holiday with my family for a week, yeah. and most of the time I was on the couch with my leg up. Yeah. Because I couldn't do much. I had crutches and all this stuff. So I valued walking in my knees before that. But what I took from it was I need to slow down and reevaluate how I'm actually training and, and, and really focus on my nutrition. Like I was mm -hmm. taking it for, I was taking it, um, taking it for granted because mm -hmm. so much how I crush myself every week through my workouts, mm -hmm. oh, I can have this, but yeah. my goal is my, the way I was eating is not going to fit the goal and it's going to mm -hmm. be longer for me to obtain that goal. Mm -hmm. So now being slowed down, not being able to do the cardio that I want to do, I've been really focusing in on my weights and and nutrition. So yeah, like you 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 get grateful real quick when something when you have to slow down for some weird reason. Yeah, and and I noticed we're jumping on so many different topics, but there's so many things that are interesting. But when you talked about nutrition, bring it up, bring it up, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> awesome. So when you talked about nutrition, okay. So yeah. there are so many people suggesting you do this, you do that, you follow this diet, those things you should not eat because the seeds in them kind of affect your body and other people like, no, no, that's very healthy. I mean, with all this going on, how can you expect people to really know what to eat if everyone has their own diet, everyone has their own belief system? What is it that you believe in and what, what kind of nutrition do you think is the best or at least worked for you? I don't know what's the best thing. I know it's best for me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I just listen to what, just listen and feel what your body's reaction is. And that's what I've gotten really in tune with the last few years is that I have to be very mindful of when I eat breads mm -hmm. and what kind of bread, mm -hmm. if any bread, because my fingers, my fingers swell. Oh, so wow. that's an indication. Yeah. Inflammation is an indication your body's fighting. Mm -hmm. same way with cheese and stuff of that nature so I've cut back a lot on that I don't use a lot of dressing on my vegetables and stuff I like to eat for me I like to eat as raw as possible and so mm -hmm. for me it's very simple on what I eat I jazz things up every now and then but I just think for people who are trying to figure out what's the best look at who you're admiring and ask yourself is it really realistic yeah. And then listen to your body. Your body will tell you. Your body, our bodies are like the most phenomenal thing ever. Yes. Aside oh. from plants. Like it's, okay. it's one of the most phenomenal things that our body can tell us exactly 
what's going on if we just pay attention to it. Like, I don't like when my fingers sweat. That's why I don't drink wine. I don't drink yeah. wine anymore. Yeah. I used to love wine. I used to yeah. love wine when I, drank, when I lived in New Zealand. Yeah. But my fingers swell, and it's not comfortable. I don't like it. So if you find when you're eating certain foods, whatever it may be, that you get lethargic yeah. um, and you experience inflammation in your body, then that's your body's way of telling you, like, I don't want this in here. Mm-hmm. And do you sense it? Like, do you sense it? Because, like, like, how can you know what's going on within your body? How do you know that you're getting inflamed within you if you can't actually see it or sense it yourself? I can see my fingers swelling. I can feel the tightness in my fingers. Like, making a uh, fist, I can yeah. feel the tightness in my fingers because when I make a fist. So I, my fingers literally swell up to look like, like one and a half sizes. That's, all, that's, yeah. actually, that's yeah. exaggeration. They just get bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all about mindfulness and really connecting with your body and really listening to what is really going on. And is it like an immediate yep. response or is it just take time? Um, it depends. Sometimes it actually is. Like, and funny you ask me that because when I have when I've had the combination of bread and cheese, yeah, it's immediate. It's like okay. even during the meal, my fingers swell up. But oh, sometimes wow. it's delayed, but it will happen. Okay. Okay. And so you're not saying that people should not eat dairy. You're not saying that people should not no. eat. Yeah. So it's nope. awesome. That's amazing. It's today. I'm like, yeah, this whole, don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the whole nutrition fad stuff, yeah. like it's not my expertise, but I've seen people, I understand, you know, deplete. I know what ketone, I understand what ketone is. I understand what depleting yourself of carbs does, but your brain is a very, very sophisticated, smart, thing like if you are not giving your body the proper nutrition your brain will seek elsewhere in your body to keep your organs functioning Mm -hmm. like that's just what it's built to keep your body uh to thrive yeah so if you're not eating it's going to go to your muscles next for fuel and then after that it's going to go to your it's going to go to your fat first and then your muscles second so you just got to be very mindful that's amazing. And so you said you're doing a lot of programming and coaching. What, what would you say you're doing now? So what kind of work are you doing? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing one-on-one coaching, okay. uh, which is phenomenal. I, 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 I love to see my clients when they would have that pin drop moment that happens every time. And yeah. they cry. I don't cry. But they cry. <laughs> But yeah. I get very happy that they're crying and looking at them <laughs> crazy because like that's a good thing your body is releasing. Yeah. I do groups. I have fun doing group training as well. And it's really to have people in a container with the same with the same mindset of wanting to improve themselves. Yeah. Because they all help each other. They all support each other. I train CEOs, which is really really fun. Because like physically, in, like fitness or oh, what? It used to be no mentally mindset. Now mindset. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, upper upper management CEOs and stuff like that. In my experience, there is a lot of time when they are they feel lonely yeah. because they are at the top, and so only the, what they have normally around them are people that are just going to tell them what they hear. And then there's the other side of it where you have the CEOs who love that they have a label. Yeah. And they like that label. And so they live behind the label. Yeah. And my whole thing is that I firmly believe that everything is connected. Yeah. 
So your performance in your business is connected to how you perform in your nutrition. Your, your, your performance in your relationship is connected to your relationship with money. Like yeah. all the, I think it's all connected in one way, shape or form. And I did a huge, like a huge healing around this myself. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. holy crap, man. It's like, okay, okay. And then when I, when I was able to realize what the connections were and what I needed to learn, that's when my relationship changed, my income changed, 10 x so there is, there are these connections, but I love working with CEOs because I'm very blunt in my coaching. I'm very forward. I'm very honest. And it all comes from a place of, place of love, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to allow someone who is investing in me and my talent and my skills. I'm not going to allow them not to grow. Mm-hmm. So if I have to be the quote unquote tough guy, that's yeah. what I'm going to be. If that's what it takes for you to realize what needs to be done for you to grow. Yeah, I just, I can't give it, I don't, I don't give any of people's excuses. I don't give it to the stories because that's what I did for my life and it got me nowhere for so many years. Yes. So, I, so I know what the outcome of living in your stories is. 100%. But yeah, I love coaching, team coaching, one-on-one coaching. It's just amazing. And what was like one thing that your program did to a client that you didn't expect? Like, what was something that was like, wow? <laughs> um... Okay. Oh God, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I think, at least one. I think yeah. honestly, the biggest one for me is the lady that I'm working with right now. Yeah. Um, she's she's going through a divorce and like years and years of like drug abuse. Not just hers, but growing up in it. And there's so much anger there. So like even her kids. Like there's so much anger. So when we first started training, like I already knew her a little bit. She followed yeah. me through less meals and things of that nature but there's so there's so much anger and apprehensiveness towards me which i understand because their kids don't know me they're like who the hell is this guy yeah and i told them flat out that's fine you can think of me that way because you don't know me but with her with their mother like the biggest thing so far with her was her realizing that what happened to her was not her fault yes like when she, and also that she, is a, that she is a people pleaser. Yes. But when she realized that on the call, I was able to see her physically change. Like her, her, her skin tone changed. Like she was brighter in the face. You know, she cried her eyeballs out, but she was brighter in the face. She was more lively in her voice. Like her whole physical, physical appearance and movements changed. Like her body was released. Like it's one, it's like, She's a different person. Like even today, she was one of my calls today, this morning, yeah. that she realized that there was a guy who she liked um, when she was growing up and he called her and see how she was doing. She yeah. said 10 years, 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, she would have given in to what he was saying. But she yeah. has a standard for herself now. She mm-hmm. realized that through the epiphanies that she has been able to experience in our short time of coaching. So that's the big one for me. Like when people are able to improve their lives, it's, it's the best thing ever. I was like, my job's done. Like, yeah. My job's yeah. done. <laughs> and so that's, that, that's the big one for me. I've had a couple of CEOs as well with big, yeah. um, with big, big shifts in their purse, if not their job, but, yeah. and, but it, it, it transcended into their performance in their job. But that's the first one that came to mind. 
It's amazing. And you said that one thing that you really talked about was like you mentioned that it's not her fault. But other people kind of say, you know what, you're responsible for everything that you do. How would you say you could balance those things out? <laughs> That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a very confrontational one, actually, <laughs> because like, um, not, how can I say this? Everything that happens to us is, so it happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. In saying that, people are like, well, it's not my fault I got raped. It's mm-hmm. not my fault that I got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's true. And it sort of goes to what I was saying earlier about mm-hmm. Someone can make you their victim, but mm-hmm. you could be a victor. But no, yes, you got raped, but how you acted, how you responded because of that experience can make you live as a victim. Like for me, when I realized what happened to me, I realized for years I was living as a victim because I had so much anger, I had so much hatred. I hated people who looked like my babysitter, yeah. but didn't realize why until the pin dropped. Like, yeah. I didn't like white women who are brunette. No offense to you, because you look yeah. like you're a brunette. But that's, like, if, you, if I would have known you years ago, I would not have liked you. Yeah. But I had no idea why. That's, that's when you were living as a victim. So everything, like, happens for a purpose, and it happens for a reason. Yes, it does. But I think it happens for a reason, a purpose for you to learn from it. Mm-hmm. no matter how much it actually hurts but it's your job it's your responsibility and ultimately it's your choice to learn mm-hmm. like i don't care what anyone says you always have a choice like that's what my book is basically about that i'm writing now even when you say you don't have a choice you're making the choice to not have a choice it's true it's true 100 i was like yes. so i'm not so i'm not trying to like depending on what your intention is Sometimes, obviously, the choice you have to make has to go has to align with that intention. Mm-hmm. But you always have a choice. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. You always yes. have a choice. Like if somebody, if someone makes you their victim, like you can fight to the cows come home. You can fight them off, fight them off. But if it's like multiple people, this is like the most graphic that I, example I can give you. But if it's like numerous people are trying to rape you and they do, and you fight, you've given everything that you possibly can. Yeah. But how you respond is the most important thing. If you continue to live as, look what happened to me, this is what happened to me, you, you, you constantly live at fault and not uplifting yourself, that's your choice. Yeah. You chose not to learn. You chose to be a victim. Yeah. Not in the moment that it happened, but yeah. in the moments after that. Yes. If yes. that's what you choose, that's your choice, that's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. There's so much more depth on the stories that you have, but I just want to end them like in the last two questions. And I'm sure we're going to have another call to dive deeper into specific topics. But for now, mm-hmm. I just have the last two questions. The first one is, if yes. you were to look back at your younger version of yourself, let's say 16, <laughs> 13 younger version of yourself, what is something okay. you would say to yourself back then? 13, I would tell oh, Lord. Yeah, when you're not I'll go with both ages. I'll go with both yeah. ages. 13. Okay. I would tell myself, man, you, you just got to let go of the anger. The anger is not serving you. Um, it's not serving you. It's not your anger anyway. It's not, it's not serving you. 16. Oh, God. 16. <laughs> I, I, would, I would tell myself, 
I would tell myself that you are enough based on who you are. Yeah. Because 16, I was a follower. I followed the crowd. I wanted to be in the crowd. So at 16, I would tell myself that I was enough or you are enough. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. That's amazing. That's amazing. And finally, the last question that I always like to ask is, what is yeah. your definition of success? Oh, man. Success to me, I feel, is happiness and fulfillment in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And can success. you elaborate a bit more? Yeah, like being like success is being comfortable and living and happy and fulfilled, even though you have perfections. Owning every single part of you is success. It's not about the out. It's not about the outward stuff. It's not about how many followers you got. Don't get me started on that. It's all about. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that when we get off the podcast. That, like, it's all, It's not about all the followers. It's not about the house. It's not. It's about because when you die, you can't take any of that with you. Yeah, but like ultimate success is what you are able to. I feel is you being happy within yourself in every way, shape, or form, being fulfilled in every way, shape, or form, being you, being not just doing, but actually being. That's why it's called human being. Yes, being human. Yes, being okay with that, and then seeing what impact you leave behind for other people to follow. Like if you have kids, they're gonna role model. My daughter, I have a five and a half year old daughter. She's going to role model me. So every single day, you know, I have my hiccups. I'm not perfect. I'm okay with that. Yes. I'm learning. My legacy, my success is having her go out and be president of the universe. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's my success. This young lady going out and changing the world for a better place as long as she's happy within what she is doing and who she's being. That's yes. what I believe success is. Wholeheartedly being happy and fulfilled. That's perfect. It's an amazing answer. Thank you so much for that. So I just want to say, I just want to say thank you for everyone who's listening to this episode. And I'm looking forward for you to learn more about Curtis. And where can we find you? Oh, you can find me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, but I have a, my website is www.curtispipes.com. Perfect. And I'll attach yeah. everything, like your LinkedIn profile and mm-hmm. your website as well, so that people can yeah. get in touch with you. So, yeah, yeah, they can get in touch with me. There's a little little questionnaire on there as well called the Greater Human Condition Scorecard uh-huh. that you can take. It's free. It's eight questions. You rank yourself and you get a personalized assessment from me based on what you are, where you want to go in your life. So it's a little one-on-one. Oh, nice. It's an That's amazing exciting. process. It's yeah. amazing. So make sure you reach out to Curtis. Such a great soul, such an inspiration. And I'm looking forward to hearing your comments here below and um, listen to, listening to the very next episode. So I hope you have an amazing day and we'll look forward to meet you again soon for sure.